0: This is AI podcast, not artificial intelligence, a- agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of
1: niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale.
0: In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, better everything. The difference between givers, takers. Matchers, agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to Agency Intelligence Podcast, where we take the real agents inside real agencies and give you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial intelligence that they try to make you believe. That's the point of this podcast, and thank you very much for taking your time to allow me to come into your ear and tell you the things that are really going on. And today, I'm just gonna get right into it because I got somebody who's been on the podcast before, actually, I think maybe tw- twice, um, out of the great state of Arizona, uh, Miss Erin Nutting. How are you, Erin?
1: I'm so good. How are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing fantastic. And when I say the great state of Arizona, I mean it because that's where you live, but I was also born there, right? So there's there's a connection there, deep, deep, deep.
1: We're also known as like the insurance agent capital of the country, I think, because we have more insurance agents in Arizona right. than I know of any other state. So it's we are infiltrated. All, all greatness comes from Arizona, that's for sure.
0: It does. And I've also heard, and I have no truth of the, um, no facts of this, loyal listeners or Aaron, is that I hear that almost every insurance company that writes in the United States has some kind of company in Arizona because it is a profit center for
1: them. I think you're right. I think I've heard that before. And I think mostly when it comes to property insurance, auto insurance, I feel like is a big downer here in Arizona. And we, for some yep. reason, it may be just in Southern Arizona because I'm, I'm in Tucson specifically and we're really close to the border and we have our auto insurance rates are just amongst the highest in the country. But our property oh. insurance, man, like, I mean, for all of the geeks out there who are geeking out in insurance land, who are like, Ooh, tell me your average minimum home premium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to, so get ready. <laughs> it's, it's usually about like between like $550 a year for six or 600 bucks a year for like a property that's like 250,000 in dwelling coverage. So if that like lets you compare it to anybody else in the country, I would say our state based on the amount of losses. Yeah, we're, we're a pretty profitable state when it comes to property.
0: Yeah, you, you are. I mean, what happens, right? I mean, you don't have earthquakes there. I mean, maybe you ones that are probably minute. I mean, you don't yeah. have uh, to where the hills like California are catching on fire. You, right. I think a lot of the floods you have are more of like a flash flood here, but gone.
1: They yep, they are. We don't yeah, have any of that. It's crazy. It's crazy. I know.
0: So two hundred seventy five thousand dollar home or two hundred fifty thousand dollar home here. Let's just say average credit, not super great credit, not bad credit. I'm gonna say probably twelve to fifteen hundred dollars.
1: Dude, I am in and the it, wrong it, state for property. Well, and it Aaron. also depends because <laughs> that
0: could be a thousand if it was in town, but if it's out of town, now you're gonna get up around eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars. So, so yeah, and 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 you know That's what's funny. even more, Aaron is in um, Louisiana i uh the average home with two autos is around a five thousand to six thousand oh, dollar account with that said, my friends down there told me it's a i mean they're remarketing every year because the home market is constantly changing in their oh. auto rates it's a
1: oh I can't even a- imagine. And I'm, so, I'm yeah. like picturing here. I'm sitting at my desk in my office at Integrity HQ, and I'm literally picturing all these insurance agents listening to this podcast, totally geeking out over oh, these. Yeah. Rad-
0: <laughs> Dude, yeah, we're all such so, nerds. So I have so many people who would be like, "Hey, tell me about your podcast. I want to listen to it." And like, they're not in the insurance industry, and they're a friend or a friend of a friend, and I'm like here it is, but you you really don't <laughs> want to listen to this. And they're like, well, you're not very positive about your podcast. I'm like, no, this isn't like Joe Rogan or something. I was like, we're yeah. just talking about insurance. you know." There these, like,
1: yeah. There are these two freaks talking about homeowners insurance premiums <laughs> the yeah. first four minutes of the podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. So how much is your premium of 250,000? If you t- tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. You know, no, exactly. It's goofy, but that's what we do. And that's what I try to explain to people. And the same thing happens with my book, you know, my, my, aunt she's a real big wig with uh um uh, sam's and she's over like um, like a hundred stores and she bought my book like a hundred copies and gave it out to all of her managers and met them read it i said aunt dory i said it's about insurance i was like (laughs) i was like and, and she was like yeah but i read the first couple chapters and you could see how that model could work, you know, and sure. how looking at things differently still, though, I really, I bet you every one of those people was listening to this thing going, why in the world did she have us read this book about insurance? Oh, so it was, it, was, it was just, it was just funny. So well, thank Aaron, you, how-
1: because the next 10 minutes, we're going to talk about water backup coverage. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 we haven't amped you up yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woo, it's about to get exciting up here. Man. <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny, Aaron. So, Aaron, how have you been?
1: I've been great. I've been really great. I moved into a new office in June. Uh, we had a little bit of a. We're supposed to be moving into an office in April, and uh, that office just really did not just did not work out. So, I went back to where it all started as I was waiting for my new office to be ready, and I went home base to work for a couple mm-hmm. months while we were waiting and. I am kindly reminded for all of you out there who don't know, I'm a digital agency owner. So basically, I don't have people who come into my office. I'm not somebody who does walk-in clients or anything like that. All of my producers, myself, were all home-based. So or or not in front of clients, I should say. I do have an office location now just for my own sanity. But um if if you ever needed a reminder, if you are the type of person who can work from home, I just commend you so much. I did it for 2 years when I opened the agency as we've talked before. And I cannot go back, Jason. It is so hard. I have to remind myself to shower. What is that about? <laughs> it it's terrible. I mean, showering is not it's not a luxury. It is a required thing you should do on a daily basis. Right. And let me tell you, I I question myself sometimes. So I needless to say, I need to have an office. And even then showering. So is you're saying so you're so. saying that
0: you like having the physical office better than being in I the do. house? Okay.
1: I do. I am one of those people. I feel like I need um, focused intention every day. And when I'm at home, I have the four kids, and I've got yep. my house and the endless supply of laundry. And I feel like I get in my head and say, "Oh, well, I'm going to throw this yep. load of laundry in while I'm getting ready to quote these homeowners." And let me be honest: two days later, I forgot that that load of laundry is in the washing machine, <laughs> and now I have a now I have to wash it again. So really, I'm saving Tide Pods. <laughs> By having an office, tide pods and time—that's
0: all we're about to say around here. <laughs> right. yeah, so, so, so no, it's and right. you know what? I think you are—you are making the loyal listeners feel it because there's a lot of us that started in our home, or we started in that office that we didn't feel comfortable in. I started in the basement of my home. I was there for four and a half years. I am mm-hmm. with you, like I didn't need an office. Mm-hmm. I was in the basement of my home. I had this nice little office that I had down there, and then I went and got an office because Travis joined us, and Travis. was did life insurance and investments. And he's like, man, I got to have a place to like meet people. So we got one. I wasn't there a a month and I was like, oh my gosh, I like this so much better. I mean, so much better. And once again, I think if you, if you take it to a 50,000 foot view for me, Aaron, it was, it was a dividing line. I was at work or I was at home because that, that mesh was meshing, but it really wasn't fair. The kids had to be quiet at certain times and, you know, and, and everybody's walking around Mm -hmm. on eggshells because dad's working and I don't want my family to be like that. And, and then just like you said, it was easy to go, well, you know, I'm going to run and get the mail and then be gone. It's just different kind of stuff. So I'm glad to hear you say that though. And that's awesome that you got your own place. That's great.
1: Yeah, I think in thank, thank you. I love it. I I really do. I try to make it my more uh more reflective of me at the office. So like I've got a couch and like I don't I don't necessarily stay at my desk all the time. I like to like move around in my office space and I'll take my laptop. I love it's so weird. Everybody like in the insurance space wants to know what everyone's mm-hmm. functioning off of and it's so funny because I have a couple of different like tech things that I just uh, like when mm-hmm. I write, when I blog I only blog on my Mac. Really, I love my Mac. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. That yes. Isn't cool. that weird? It's just a comfort thing. It's a comfort thing for me. But then I just recently, um, well, I say recently, but gosh, it's almost been a year now. Um, I got a Surface laptop and I love to work on that. So sometimes when I'm not at my desktop, I'll like take my Surface and I'll go mm-hmm. to my couch and so I do function within the office, but I, I love it. I think it's great. I I can't mm-hmm. imagine going back and working from home at this point in my career. Not to say that that won't happen sometime, but, you know, right now, I no, love it here.
0: I agree emphatically. It's great. That's great to hear other people say that. And like I said, there's other loyal listeners that are like, hey, that, that makes sense. That makes total sense. So, hmm. um so we've got uh brain share coming up, uh, which is going to be exciting. It's probably, Thank I don't you. know exactly when this podcast is coming out, probably about three, four weeks away, which I think is going to be a phenomenal time. And then, uh, did you ever decide since you were, uh, did, I remember I talked to you back a while back and I don't even know, did you sign up or did you not? Yeah, I am. So yeah, dude, I'm you.
1: coming. It's I'm a coming. good
0: thing though, Aaron. Yeah, it's a good I'm thing coming. that my staff. And, I
1: mean, it's, did you not make and, me a. Did you not make me like a custom nameplate yet? If not, I think you probably did. That's why,
0: you know, I am so spoiled. Sarah and Anna (laughs) are so good at what they do. Like, I just, you know, I just did what I do, what they tell me, and then people are coming. So last time you and I had (laughs) talked, I was like, yeah, I sent the email off. So yeah, well, that's fantastic. And I'm looking forward to it because I don't really want to talk a lot about that because the the people that are listening, they can't come until next year. And so I don't want to sit there, but, but it's really exciting because we're going to be able to see neon. There's a lot of talk in the industry about neon and, and we're going to see that it's going to be unveiled. It's the whole reason Aaron, I made it, uh, invite only. Is because I could only have certain okay. eyes see it, and the reason is, is I mean, like we, we, you know, Seth uh, Zaremba has wanted to show it to other people, like on a conference call, but he can't risk people doing screen shares and different types of things like that, and and I don't want to say that. it's not that someone's going to steal it. It's just, it is, um, it is going to blow minds to people. I mean, when I found out about it, I jumped on the plane the next day, flew to Ohio and sat and watched it for seven hours working in an agency just with my mind. I mean, my mouth, my tongue kept getting dry because my mouth was hanging open going, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And I can't wait for people to see that. And
1: I'm pumped about it. I, I honestly, like, I'm kind of one of those, um, I'm a mega fan of Sydney, um, Sydney Rowe and hearing, hearing like, oh, I'm just, I'm such a fan. And, but I, I honestly am a fan of Seth's as well. And I wish I had more time every time I see him at a conference or every time I get to listen to him speak. I always say to myself, like afterwards, like I'm going to let it die down. Cause you know, sometimes when you go and you talk to people at that capacity, you have this like line of people who all want to pick your brain afterwards. And so I never want to be that person. So I'm always like, Oh, I'll get him after I'll get him after. But I swear to you, I am going to be that person next time because I just want like five minutes of his time to just tell him that I appreciate the work that he's investing in the industry. That's all I want. So maybe he can listen and he can hear it from that capacity, but I'm really pumped to hear He's literally um, about the Steve this. I'm, Jobs I'm, I'm, of, of insurance.
0: I mean, I'm being serious. Like the way when he talks, like the you know, it's it's kinda like when Steve Jobs went into his engineers to his close people and and, and said, Listen, I want you to invent this phone and I want it to have one button. It can only have one button on it. And up until then, you know, the phone had just been nothing but buttons. Mm-hmm. And then it was adding in keyboards and stuff. And now it's like, right. no, it needs to have one button. Can you only imagine what yeah. those people thought? They were like, are, are you serious? That's, that's impossible. You can't do that. Crazy. That's what Seth is doing. That's what Seth is doing. Yeah. He's demanding through his technicians and his team that he's building that we're going to build that management system that has one button. I'm putting that, you know, being an example. But no, and, and so it is. So what's great about Brainshare it. though. Yeah. Is that, yeah, so we're all in the same room. We never leave that room and our breaks are every hour or every hour and a half and they're 30 minute breaks. And so that's the point. The whole point of brain share was everybody Mm -hmm. says the best part about going to conferences is networking, but because they're always in a class and then they're always going to dinner, they, unless you go to the bar until midnight and drink, then you don't really get to socialize with people. And let's be honest, that's not even real socializing anyways, right? Everybody's drunk and not in their real mind.
1: No, it's not. It's so convoluted. And I'm like so tired by the time that that happens. I feel like I become very um, auditory where I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like, yeah, but I'm not even there. If I, if you're talking to me at past 10 o'clock mm-hmm. at night, that's, ha- that's my representative. And she's not even that <laughs> fantastic at 10 o'clock at night. So I feel it. I feel <laughs> you. That is great. <laughs> I love that. That's my representative. No you have never heard that before. Oh my gosh! So there's, we're, we're we you and I always do this. We segue. So I'm not going to do that today, but I'm going to. S- I'm going to send you this link, and it's, I, I wanna say it's Chris Rock. It's a stand up show, but it ta- it, it's a stand up mm-hmm. where it talks about how when you first start dating somebody, that you're really not uh. dating them, you're dating their representative, and how it takes like five or six dates to actually get to know this person. So I have to send it to you because this is one of the funniest, funniest things. I compare it all the time, like when you're talking to customers, when you're talking to friends but that your representative is the one who really isn't you, but they're the fancy you who is agreeable and wants to help everyone or even dress nice for wow. a first date. That's your representative. That, and it's so, so I'll true. I'll send it to you. It's You know what I mean?
0: It's so true. It's that way with your employees too in your office. It's kind of like everybody's getting along the first week or two and, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, you're really not like this, you know. but uh, we'll ride it out as long as it is because after a while, the veil comes off and, and the veil is not a negative thing. The veil is called real life, right? the called who we are really and truly that was great i i i really do like that that's some good stuff that's some good stuff so so let's get real though with that i mean how's life been for you outside the business i mean you're juggling i mean a lot of people follow you they read your stuff they know that you uh, you have a large family to put it nicely. And, and, and you're darn proud of it. And you, and you handle a business and now you're moving into your place. And, 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 and right now I have to tell you, so I'm going to ask you, I told my wife last night, I said, I'm having a hard time right now for the first time in a while handling my business uh, family uh, balance. I really am. The office is really taking a lot of my time right now. And, uh, and, 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 and it's one of those things that You're at the office and you know that you should leave at three to go play golf with your son, but it's, I can't because of this, this, and this, and you have to stop and say, Jason, you're the one who always says you're never going to be laying on your deathbed wishing you sold another policy. You know, you're going to wish that you would have played golf more with your son. So trying to listen to the old Jason as a young Jason is tough, but it's real. I mean, how's, how's it with you?
1: I now sitting here, like my agency is almost five years old. So I've been an insurance agent for those of you who don't know me, it's been 14 years and I owned, I've been in my own independent agency for almost five. And I feel like my story about my work-life non-existent balance has changed so much in the past five years. But from where I'm sitting right now, um, if anything I've learned, and we've talked briefly about it, like uh, just you and I uh, outside of Uh, Like Mm -hmm. just being friends and, and chatting about it. I struggle with my work life, kids and myself and caring enough about myself to take a minute. And I suffer big time from things like burnouts. So for me, I listen to a lot of whenever I'm looking for guidance, I actually like to step outside of the insurance space. So when I am like looking at uh, how am I, like you're saying, at three o'clock in the afternoon, like I know that I want to be present in this moment. My oldest daughter, Lexi, she's um, a sophomore in high school this year, and she's getting ready to be um, on the volleyball team. So I remember last year when we were in her freshman year and she was playing, I would struggle so bad at four o'clock in the afternoon when I'm trying to make a game or I'm trying to be in five different places at one time, trying to hire a producer. And I was just like, I can do it. I can do it. And I know I can do it. But my struggle is that it's okay that I'm not doing everything. It's okay that I can't make certain things. they just, what are the things that are most important to me? And if I get a referral from four o'clock in the afternoon and they need something on like a home closing, I have a team for that. And I didn't acknowledge the fact that it's okay that that person gets somebody else besides me. I read this book. And for those of who are female listeners who need some motivation, if you haven't heard of her, you've been living under a rock, but Rachel Hollis, I don't know if you've, I don't know if anybody has heard of her, but it's hilarious to me because she speaks my truth so clearly that it almost is like, I just want to give her a little bit of a high five every time I read something. And she says something in her most recent book that says she was watching this female on TV and the person who was interviewing her, she's a very well-known female. I'll leave her nameless as well. Cause I actually saw the interview, but she's very well known. They said, how do you do it all? And she goes, well, I just do, I just work hard. No lady you don't do it all. You have a nanny, you have a housekeeper, you have even a teammate, you have a husband, you have um, staff, you have all these people. And it is a hundred percent acceptable to say, I don't do it all. And I am in that boat. I do not do it all. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of people who help me. um, I have a great team surrounding me in both my personal life and in my business life. And I'm sure we'll get um, we'll get into this a little bit later. But last time we talked in my podcast uh, with you in May, mm-hmm. when we were doing that Mother's Day thing, we talked about how I had re- recently gone through a divorce and how it was very important to me to have some consistency in my work and life. So that way, you know, my kids weren't affected. And I think real life just says that it's messy and that owning a business is not sexy and that there are men and women out there who are owning agencies who are like, oh, well, I can... I'm going to go to a game at three o'clock, but I'm going to work until like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And if that works for you, that's cool. That doesn't work for me because I am a rage and Cajun when I am like not on at least six hours or seven hours of sleep. But I struggle immensely with my work-life balance. And I wish I had like the perfect answer. All I know is that I am just working on giving myself some grace about it right now.
0: It's one of the things that people who don't own a business – and uh, and work life balance is let's be fair here it, it is for everybody it's just not owners it's agents it's csr's account managers anybody listening to this is what we're talking about but as far as um sometimes with agency owners i believe that one sorry for people who aren't agency owners they don't understand how great it is to be able to shut it off at 4:30 or 5 whenever they leave. Right. Right. Like that never gets shut off for me. And that's not fair to the people in my house. You know, my wife doesn't work at the agency anymore. And one of the things she's doing other things, um, things that she enjoys more. And one of the things that we realized, Aaron is just because I decided I wanted to own an insurance agency doesn't necessarily mean that she wants to. You know, and and absolutely. she likes it. and She supports oh, me yeah, and everything, absolutely. but she doesn't get excited about the average premium in Arizona like I do. You know <laughs> what I mean? She just does it, and and so uh, so yeah. So I think that's that thing that you can just shut it off. And I don't.
1: It it is, and you don't want to become resentful because that's what was happening a lot, and not just with um not not just in like a relationship, but in friendships. And I found myself. With the women in my life, I am very fortunate. I have chosen to surround myself within the last two years of my life with only powerful females. And they don't necessarily mean like powerful in the workspace. Like one of those females is a powerful stay-at-home mom, like mm-hmm. who gets to do everything, but she is powerful in her confidence level. And one of the things that I've done, kind of what it sounds like that you've done very well with your spouse, which I hope to be able to emulate someday, that is if you surround yourself with people who tell you it is okay and don't know what you're talking about but they'll still support you in that and allow you to like do what you need to do and be you know your amount perfect amount of crazy all of those things those are the people that i want to surround myself with but i have to understand that if i throw something out at them like one of them uh, one of my one of my very best girlfriends is a very a high up HR director for a very large company. And she travels a lot. I'm not going to sit there and pretend like I like to talk about HR. I don't like, I don't know anything about HR, (laughs) but it's the level in which you communicate. You don't necessarily have to talk about insurance. You just have to surprisingly, if you go outside your little insurance Mm -hmm. bubble, which I would encourage people to do people who are in CEO positions or people who are in powerful positions in their lives, they have the same Mm -hmm. problems. And in, in fact, you and I, which we won't get into specifics, but you and I have talked about this like, holy smokes, I'm struggling with this. And then you come back and you're like, oh my God, I've dealt with this. And then we have all of a sudden this common ground where it's not necessarily something that we need to like pick apart, but it's just like a almost like a head nod, like in a McDonald's mm-hmm. drive through, like we're. I got you. Like I, I understand where you're coming from. And that's the best way that I find work life balance is finding those people that you can head nod with and say, I got head you.
0: Nod, like you're going through the drive-thru at McDonald's. I love that. That was, awesome. <laughs> that was well, awesome.
1: Because I don't like it when people like I don't want people to like see me in the McDonald's drive thru because I like to pretend like I don't eat McDonald's. But if you see me there and you head nod me, we have like a secret code. <laughs> Man,
0: isn't it just like it's uh, not to get off on that, but with McDonald's, it's just like one of those things that we all know it's bad for us, but, and we should need it. But man, yeah, I'm I telling you what—after you went out drinking a little bit, the next morning, that that <laughs> that biscuit and uh, sausage—I mean, dang, that thing just hits the spot. Oh, you know,
1: I am all about the medium French fry dipped in sweet and sour wow. sauce. That's, that's my jam. jam. With a diet coke, that's wow. my jam. Yep, if you want to, that's my love language: <laughs> medium French fry with sweet that's and sour sauce
0: it's a good book. It's a good book, The five love languages. So have you ever, have you,
1: it is, it's an years. excellent book. I honestly, even if you're, if we, again, we get off on tangents, but if you haven't read that on. book, it's so excellent just for even communicating in general with people. Yeah. Cause I have learned so many lessons with customers where you have a customer whose their, their love language is like affirmations mm-hmm. or their love language is uh, like acts of service, sending you thank you cards, things like that. But if you're talking like my, mine is the physical touch. That's mine. So if I'm like talking to somebody and their love language is obviously completely different, they're not going to receive it the way that I'm intending to give it. So it's, it. if you haven't read it, regardless of relationship or not, I mean, obviously it's very helpful in relationships, but if you haven't read it yet, it's really helpful. You can use it in business too.
0: Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, a.k.a. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit NBS Brokerage com cast certified yeah the love languages because i can't remember them it's been a while so i actually looked it up i'm looking it up on google it says that the five love languages which really essentially there's only five and that's what people need to understand that there's officially five ways to express or receive love um mm-hmm. how we got off onto this is crazy but it's pretty cool actually this is really something that everybody should read and they said that the love languages are gift giving quality time physical touch, acts of service, which is devotion, or words Mm -hmm. of affirmation. Mm -hmm. So, and so some people would say, well, you know, it, it depends on some of those and some of these that not, and it's like, um, it's one of the best things I ever heard is my buddy, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago. And he said to me, he said, whenever I would get home from being gone on a traveling trip, he's like, um, I would come home and like, you know, the dishes would be done and and house would be clean and all this. And I'd, I'd come and then when I'd see her, she would be like, oh, hi. And then go on to do her thing. And, and like to her, it was like, doesn't it doesn't it mean that I love you because you you cleaned the house right like right. Or I cleaned yep. the house look at everything that I did for you and then but to him it was like no I want you to I, you know I maybe I need that physical touch or whatever it was right. I can't remember what he told me like I want you just to kiss me and tell me that you that you missed me you know what I mean yep. I could really care less if the house was clean at all 100 percent Every couple 100%. every couple has that conversation about like, man, I seem like I can't figure them out, I can't make them happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't figure men out, oh, you can't figure women out. No, it's because we all have five lung languages, and if you figure it out, doesn't make life perfect, Does't make life perfect? But it's kind of like the enneagram. That's something oh, yeah. that I could do a whole podcast on and we should oh, do gosh. a whole podcast on we that. We should.
1: I love the Enneagram. I it, So many know.
0: people. Two years ago, I never even heard about it. Now I know. Everybody and their brother that I talked to, they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm a nine. I'm a six. I'm a seven. What are you? I'm a two. You're a two? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know many twos.
1: Really? I no. want to say, I'm trying to remember. I, I want to say I was a two or a three. I can't remember you, though. Well, How you could, were...
0: well, you could be, but you know, and, and you need I to I think take it might be
1: a blend. Well, there is. I've...
0: Now they've got, you can do wings, right? So if you're a two, you could be a two with a three wing or a one wing. Okay. So you can be, so, so you could be a two with a three like me. I'm, and, and I think they say you can't be both. Like you're either a two with a one wing or a two with a three wing. I mean, there is folks, for loyal listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, it, you need to check it out. It's really, <laughs> really cool. It's a test you can take for free and it'll tell you your type. But what's amazing is, is look at your type. And then, so what I did is, is I can't remember which one it is. I'm gonna have to look. It's the uh, Enneagram Institute. And so they have classes in there and videos and um, infographs that will show you like for your business, biz- for your business team. So like if you're Uh a six, here's the way the rest of the team sees you. And here's the way a two sees you. Here's the way a three sees you. And so it really kind of helps you. And really where it's real huge is in the church. Enneagram is like, it's like a huge, huge, huge Christian thing. Like because a lot of people follow it because it is very true and it doesn't, um, it doesn't, it's something you can't really pollute. Like it's just pure. It's like, this is, you are one of these nine, you know? Um, yep. so it's, it's really cool. I'm a seven. Um, and when you see a yeah, seven, I'm
1: definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm looking here based on my notes. Cause I haven't, I obviously I haven't done it in a while. It's been like six or eight months, but I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm a two mm-hmm. with a three wing. Yep. Um, and I, it's fascinating to me and it's fascinating. So like I, I then made like all my girlfriends take it after that mm-hmm. because I'm like, I need to yeah. know how to communicate with all of you crazies. <laughs> yeah. I, and it, what's, what's funny is that it is, I answered those questions hundred percent honestly, but it's almost like the questions are so um, they're so in tune that you can't answer them dishonestly. That's it's right. not like you're taking a quiz in a cosmopolitan magazine to where you're like, Oh, would you rather pizza or ice cream on a date? No. It's like, how do you handle real life situations? Like how do you handle this, this and this? So I was um, fascinated mm-hmm. by the, the test. And it's funny because even relationship wise um, I've now looked at it and I'm like, dang Okay, now I understand. Now I know why that didn't really like work out, or why this is right. working out, or you know what I mean. So it's fascinating. But your team—if you can get your team to do it—it's just so, yeah, I think so it would only Travis serve you. is
0: a three, and Travis and I have said for the last like three and a half years, like. I mean, him and I have a partnership like it is so unbelievable. It really, truly is. We like fill each other's opposites so well. It's really, really kind of crazy. And then we, and then we, as a team, we all did the Enneagram like a year ago and come to find out a seven works like it's one of the most powerful bonds of the Enneagram is a seven and a three. And he was a three. And we didn't know that until after he found out he's a three. And then we started looking at it. And it does even say that that's one of the most powerful bonds because we really, really fill our each other. And it was like, Wow. Like this is something we've known for forever. It says for you as a two, your growth, your main person is a four, and you get stressed out around eights.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think an eight eight is the challenger, right? Uh, um, They're like – yeah okay so that so yes definitely the helper helper. you're i'm i'm the helper i'm a two i'm the helper yeah which is actually which is actually my biggest downfall i feel like i look before the enneagram test i looked at this as like i wanted to be everything to everyone all the time no matter what cost and before i did this test i couldn't understand it and then all of a sudden it like The way, the way that it shapes you is it's not necessarily that you're the helper and that you, when you think of someone who just wants to help somebody all the time in my world, my story is that you're kind of somebody who's getting plowed over all the time. Right. Um, and you're being taken advantage of and all those things. But the thing is about the number two is that they're very Mm -hmm. strong when it comes to, we want to please people, but we also want to get the best out of them because we believe in you more than you believe in you. So it's caught con- it's it's like both a little bit of weakness like um a number three which i have a little bit of a wing on the on the three and i think that's only just because like um i'm very pragmatic mm-hmm. but um the thing about the three is they're very like uh, image conscious <laughs> So they're very like, how do I look in the Mm -hmm. public? How do I do this? How do I do that? Like, what is, and there are certain types, I think, and not to get off on another tangent, but especially right now with the incredible shifts that are happening in our industry, I think there is a lot of threes that are coming up and that they're like, okay, I'm going to make a stamp on this industry by doing something new, Mm -hmm. creative, all these things. And uh, what's happening though, is that the number twos, like, we almost need to like interject and be like, how can we help you achieve this success also? Like people need to start yes. working together as opposed to trying to start, starting to do all these things individually. So it's really funny to me how, um, I like, now I view everybody as like a number, I'm like, Oh, he must be like a six. You must, you must. So it's just, uh, it's so interesting to me, but yeah, I'm definitely, no, and, I, and I
0: like it. And I love all that. And I love all that, uh, feedback there because, um, Yeah, that's that's so crazy. Please, if you're a loyal listener, go look it up. And I'll even give you I'll get a little bit real here. So on the type two, she is the helper, which is the caring, interpersonal type, generous and see people pleasing, possessive. Uh, Hold on here. So here's the thing. Yeah. And once again, again, you know, so I'm going to read the four things that they say about a type two, and I'm going to read the four things they say about a type seven, which they're brief Our basic fear. Okay. The basic fear that a two has is of being unwanted, unworthy, unworthy of being loved. A type seven,
1: absolutely. Type
0: seven has the fear of being deprived and in pain. I really think that that in pain is 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 interesting because like I don't I don't exactly know what the hell that
1: means. Very interesting. So
0: and then the basic the basic desire (laughs) is to feel loved. The for a two. The basic desire for a seven is to be Mm -hmm. satisfied and content and to have their needs fulfilled. Interesting. The Enneagram Mm -hmm. two with one Mm -hmm. wing means that you're a servant. If you're an Enneagram two with a three wing, that means you're a host or a hostess. thought that was interesting. Enneagram Mm -hmm. Enneagram seven with a six wing is the entertainer. And Enneagram seven with an eight wing is the realist. So just interesting. And I encourage you guys to go do that. And if you would, be sure to hit me at jason at agency-intelligence.com. My other email still works too, jason at growprogram.com. And tell me what your uh what you are. I will tell you this, I don't know if I've ever met a five like in person, like spoke with one. And I've talked to other people who say that four and fives are hard to find as well. So I would love to everybody in.
1: My- really Okay. Yeah. We'll to you be on the if lookout you're out now. there
0: and you are, um, I would like to know who you are and maybe I might bring you on. Um, everybody else in my office is either there's three. Who's a Travis, all of my admin team, which is unique. are all nines. Like you, once again, you know, I didn't hire them. I mean, we took the test after they were hired. Right. And so it's kind of neat because they're kind of the pleaser. I think they're the, they're one that is actually one of the most uh, common. Hold on. I'm going to.
1: They're one of my favorites because they believe in the number one principle of what I believe in my agency, and that's serving people with empathy. That's and right. And nines do that extremely well. They, and they, I love nines for that.
0: Nines, what's so amazing about nines is they can work with any number. They're, they're one of the few yep. that literally just jives with everybody. Yeah. And, and one of the things is their basic fear is loss of separation, right? So they yeah. want to be close to everybody. They, they wanted to, their basic desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind.
1: And Mm -hmm. so a lot of
0: people would say, well, that's my desire too. Well, of course we have a lot of desires, but this is your overwhelming desire that drives a lot of the actions and the things that you do in life and just who you are. And it's so cool. Mm -hmm. It's free for your whole team to do. Check it out. I'm totally glad we got off into that. And, and, and and this is the deal as I'm, as I've done these podcasts with you and with some others as well, but, and then as I do this one, like we need more podcasts about this. Okay. So, so I'm going to tell you this, this guy, Mark Evans, which, okay, let's see. This is this, you guys have already listened to him cause he's part of the sales and summer series. One of the things that he hit me with, and he said he he's been on over 50 podcasts and he told me that he didn't hit for the first time. He felt like all my podcast was not a podcast that he really felt as if he was just sitting down having a conversation for 30 minutes with somebody and 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 when i asked him i said what made you think it feel that way he said it was personal and we talked he said normally mm-hmm. it's about my company and about the book and about life and it's you know it's all about the whipped cream on the top and the cherries he's like but we got like mm-hmm. personal about things like with my mentors and people i know and so i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about what mark evans said i'm thinking about our podcast we're doing here and i really think that that's a missing component to a lot of the podcasts that are out there And I think that there's probably a lot of podcasts that they talk about real things like we are, but I, I, we're our own people as insurance. I mean, we are a close community we're, we're, we're weird and different. And I don't say that to be funny. I say that to be absolutely true. I was talking with a guy Mm -hmm. yesterday and he said, um, matter of fact, it was Mark Evans. I was talking with him yesterday and he said to me, he said, Jason, the thing I found out is the insurance industry is something new that I've gotten into. He's in the technology industry, does a lot of hospitality and all that. And he does, and he's, and he sells the tech for them. And so and mm-hmm. and he's teaches people how to do the sales side. He said, I've never seen an industry where you guys have so much camaraderie. Like you guys have all these free groups out there that you guys share your information on. He said, Other industries don't mm-hmm. share their knowledge like this. And and what's yeah. weird is, is that's what you're gonna see at Neon. Um, neon is all about. No Neon could not be duplicated in other industries because other industries can't share data like we're gonna share data. And so when right. you look at some of that stuff, I start thinking. We we need to do more of these podcasts where we get personal and real because I think it's it's getting and cutting through the bullshit and getting down to the real life that lets people know am I on the right path or not in this industry? Yeah, you know,
1: I honestly, I I mean, you said everything that I have expressed to you that we've talked about and. When I started my agency, I'm just going to be very, because I believe in being completely transparent and wanting people to see my struggle. Because when I first started the agency, I was great for like six to eight months. I was great. I was a great insurance agent. I knew what I was doing. I knew how to write a policy, but I knew nothing about running a business. So I failed immensely in my first couple of years. And I fought things like anxiety and depression and things as a business owner that people don't want to talk about because it makes you feel like it's my job when I'm writing these blogs and impacting people's lives and trying to teach them what I'm doing. Like everything I've ever taught anybody has been because I've done it, not hypothetical, not because someone just put me on a stage because I can brush my hair, like those <laughs> kinds of things. Like I, I feel like there is a serious void when someone is struggling, not just insurance, but business in general, that it's easier to look at the Joneses' families of the industry that you're in than it is to say, mm-hmm. listen, like, I've started this from the ground. I've cried. I've been a mess. I've had to talk to other people who have no idea what I'm going through. And there is definitely something missing in our insurance space that says this person is human and here's why they're human and still have a successful agency. I've talked to you at mm-hmm. length and other like people in our space about my struggle with when you finally get to that point where you're like, I've had enough. I've had enough of what I'm going through. I've had enough, like, is this the right fit for me? And I really want there. And I feel like we're kind of doing it now, but I really want there to be some honest conversation of when someone is struggling that somebody else can say, you need to listen to this podcast and it can be real and honest and not about like, Oh, look at how great I am. And Oh, look at all these things I'm doing. And although people are humble, part of the reason we want people on podcasts is because they are great Mm -hmm. and they are fantastic. So it's very easy to get, into this minutiae of, oh yeah, well, they're like light years ahead of me. But guess what? No one sees all of the struggle that has made them that way. And I think it's time to highlight that through a podcast type of feel to where we are like, hey, you're awesome. You're cool. You wrote 50 books. You have like a $10 million revenue book. But I want to know what makes you like, what keeps you up at night? I want to know like how you got there. I want to know how much time you had to give up for your family to make that happen. Those are the things because those are what make you relatable and will make other business owners successful.
0: That's right. And I think to, to get crazy out there, I think in five to 10 years, you will see social media flip into where I think people will be more vulnerable as to what they are than when they're, than they are about showing their highlight reel. Inside of our, um, inside of our mastermind, we have a a gentleman by the name of Christopher Cook and everybody loves Christopher and they say he's from North Carolina and he kind of talked with the draw. But the thing that everybody loves about (laughs) Christopher Cook is he's real. I mean, he, when he makes a post, he's not like, Hey, I'm trying this. Uh, Hey, how do I get some best practices? When he gets on there, he's like, I have a confession to make my retention sucks yeah. and it sucks really bad. And it sucks oh, so bad. It makes yeah. me want to cry. And these struggles I have in personal lines, I'm thinking about doing this and he just starts leading, leading them off. And you know what? He got forty, fifty-eight 58 comments on that. Now, Goodness, now most, you now most of the time you get five, 10, 15 in the master, because we're about quality, not about quantity here in the mastermind. Sure. But, that's where it was so engaging to see people reach out and like hey so why are you thinking this what are what 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 matrix are you using what numbers are you coming right. off of and then people hey don't take it so bad here's what i did or hey 85% or 87%s not bad if you're figuring in this if you just bought a book of business and all of this stuff came out But the great thing about it is, is not only did Christopher get his answers and get some really, really intelligent people like Jeff Roy and Billy Williams, I mean, all popping in there saying some stuff.
1: Yeah. People who have the business to be talking about that kind of stuff. They, they are people mm -hmm. you should be listening to.
0: This is why I love Christopher though, Aaron. He, now that people see him, that vulnerable, I hate that word. I can barely say it. Now, now (laughs) other people are going to Feel like, hey, I can say some of my issues because they see that he got fifty-eight comments and they were all trying to help. And I think after a yeah. while, you can slowly start to see that it's not so much, "Hey, look at me," because really, when you think about that, that's one thing that social media has always went against. Because we were grown up and taught that as before social media, that you don't that you don't go around saying, "Hey, look at me, look what I did." Hey, I helped this lady. I paid for her gas because she couldn't find her money at the gas camp. I mean, we, uh. we glory. that That stuff today on youtube and other stuff when grandma and mom told me that if you do something nice you don't tell anybody right well i think that's starting to catch up with social media social media is slowly starting to get into the real world issues and i think i agree you're starting to see people like think about this aaron i was thinking about this the other day people don't post when they buy a new car now the dealership may but isn't it weird yeah. that we don't, if we go buy a 45,000 or $50,000 Audi, uh, we don't post about that and be like, man, look at my Audi. Be honest with you back in 2008, 2009, 2010, we used to, we used to do that Absolutely. kind of stuff. And we're now slowly getting to the point where it's like, it's, it's starting to become communication, right? you're starting to go into those etiquette yeah. and those rules. And, uh, and yeah. I see it going to the other side too. I think it's Because when you're sitting around with your friends and you're having a beer or you're having a soda, that's when you do get vulnerable and say, you know what, so-and-so's happening at school and I don't know how to deal with this, but you don't have those conversations online. Well, when you have that conversation with your friend or just one or two people, could you imagine the impact you can make in your life if we can openly have those conversations online and get thousands of people giving that without judging?
1: Agreed. And I think it's important to know too, I don't know if anybody out there has like this mom in their life, the really funny mom who loves to air all of her kids craziness (laughs) on social media. If you don't have one of those moms, you're missing out on life. Those people are the people that I want to see in the business world. Not necessarily, I mean, they're living their life and doing their thing, but like the people who, like I, you're talking about posts and interaction and all that stuff. I had gotten interviewed for this like CEO table, like last month, it was whatever, no Mm -hmm. big deal. If anything, it was to what I thought was going to just give my ego a gigantic boost that it needed. And I was like, Oh, cool. CEO table. Awesome. What it actually did was like rock my world. So the first question out of this person's interviewer mouth was what was the cost of your success? And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm sitting here, I'm in like my office, like we're having coffee. Why, why are you asking me the cost? He's asking me the negative instead of like, oh, well, what have you done? What are your accomplishments? And it just it, it, it made me think. And on Instagram, which is where I typically will be the most vulnerable, just because I am gonna be honest and people might I might lose people. I hate Facebook. I hate Facebook so much because I feel like it is both political stomping grounds for all of my friends who I love dearly to show me that I really don't like them that much because of all the stuff that they post on Facebook. So I try really hard to not be completely vulnerable on Facebook. However, Instagram makes me really happy mm-hmm. because I like pictures of people's kids and their whatever. So I had made this post about it. And this person had asked me, um, like, what was with your success? There was a cost. What was it? And after thinking about it for a little bit and really being kind of put on the spot, it really just got me that it was me. I was the cost of my success and I lost myself in my company. I lost myself in not knowing how to be a mom and a wife and a business owner and all those things. And I put that, I had gotten new headshots done for a project that I was working on. And I put a headshot with that exact thing underneath it of my interaction with just happen, and I had, I mean, this might not be for a lot of people. Like I don't have a lot of followers on Instagram, not because I just, Hey, it's just me. I'm a Tucson insurance, you know, insurance agent, who cares? But for me, like I had so much interaction on this post because people just, Mm -hmm. they genuinely want you to succeed. If you're honest, if you're honest, if you're honest and upfront and say, I'm willing to share my, my crap with you because nobody else will. And in our space, that is so it's just rare. And I wish that it would have been there when I started, because it, I think it would have saved me a lot of tears. And um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, my handle is Erin underscore nutting. And I uh, typically run a public profile. So that way you can just follow me. If, if you you know want to see ridiculous, <laughs> cute kids that are sometimes sassy and <laughs> I'm not really big on like motivational posts. That's not my jam. My my thing is more along the lines of like, this is my crazy. So you're welcome to follow me anytime. But um, that's the kind of stuff I would, I feel when you and I were chatting last time that there's mm-hmm. just a void in the podcast space in general, especially the insurance space, not only for um, people who are struggling, who might need like a little bit of like guidance or, Hey, I've been through that too. And this is how we came out of it. But I feel like also for females, there's a lot of females that are trying to do exactly what you're talking about with the work life balance kids in that it's okay. And that there are other people out there that you can connect with and be successful because of their bad experiences.
0: One of the problems I have with society is it's hard for me to make friends. And I know that sounds funny, and you would think that that's not, but I um to make close friends. So I have a lot of mm-hmm. acquaintances. There's not a person I probably don't know in town and all that and whatever. But I have a hard time finding people that I can sit around and talk with. And then one of the reasons yeah. happens to be with what you were talking about, the politicizing of Facebook and all that, because that's the average person. And one of the things that yeah. a mentor told me a long time ago oh, stuck with me forever. We've probably all heard it. He said, Jason, he said... Um, There's only three types of minds, he said. Small minds talk about people. Average minds talk about things. And great minds talk about ideas. And I think that that's where it comes about because when you make yourself, once here's that word again, vulnerable out there, and you, you did good. I know I'm doing better. (laughs) I I just said it really quick. So, uh, so, so so when you're making yourself that you, you're talking about ideas. You're not talking about people right. In your life, that's drama. You're not talking about things, right. Because, because that's just, those are things that, that really don't matter. You can replace those. But when you, when you put yourself out there, you, you, you are wanting ideas, you're needing thoughts And that's the problem is that we don't have a lot of people in this world who think with a high level on their mind. I'll be honest with you. A lot of my friends, like whenever I start talking a lot, they'll be like, oh, shit, here goes Cass again. It got so bad, Aaron, that I moved. It was one of the main reasons why I left my town in Centralia. And it was because the people that they thought that I was, I went out in the world and I improved myself. Not saying I'm better. But I knew, I looked at my downfalls and I said, okay, I'm going to improve myself. I'm not going to hang out with this type of person anymore. We're the five closest, five people we hang out with the most. You know, I'm not going right. to, when I was in my early twenties, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do those drugs anymore. And you know, as I got older, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be doing all that drinking. And when we, and you get to that, to where you start, I finally, when I was like 38 years old, I, I turned around one day and I was in this garage and I'm sitting there talking with my friends, drinking beer. And we're talking about UPS for the last hour. Cause that's where most of them work. and nothing and disrespectful mm-hmm. to them. It was just like I looked around and I was like, wow, I don't have anything in common with these people. But being around them changed who I was, right? And so I 100%. literally Yeah. Now what's crazy, moving moved, I moved into a place uh, uh 70 miles away, has started the new office, whatever. In the last year, my life has a life trajectory has changed dramatically. And it strictly has to do with the people that I've surrounded myself with. And notice that those people like to talk about ideas. It's not ironic that everybody else wants to talk about those other things. And so that's that's, that's one of the things. And I think that's where a podcast can also be real because when we're talking about real things, we're talking about ideas. We're not talking about people. We're not talking about things. We're talking about real life stuff that's happening. And I think that's, that's, uh, that's where we can really expand our brain. And we have been hopping and suiting on this thing now for almost an hour, which is awesome. So it's no big deal at all. But let's wrap it up with uh, I think what I'm going to do is because uh, you seems like whenever you come on, I get a little bit more real and personal. What I'd like to do is invite you on the next couple podcasts podcasts uh, that we do. I, I did it with uh, with Wesley. I just did it with Wesley because he's big old and goofy.
1: Oh, I can't compete with Wesley. No, he's just he, too, he's good. Goofy. He's too good. Wesley's
0: goofy. I only brought him <laughs> on just because he begged me. No, that's an absolute lie, everybody. <laughs> um, Wesley and I were doing a lot of training and I told him you ought to come on my podcast with me. I would really like you because I think you're going to bring a p- different personal style and I want to get feedback from the loyal listeners about uh, some of the the topics that we talk about. So, If you liked what we talked about today about getting real about being real. I mean, if you think we need to have a different podcast, if we need to add one to it, if we, uh, if you say, no, Jason, it's good. Just have Aaron on every once in a while. I don't think you're going to say that. I think you're going to say that. I think there should be, we, we might want to seriously look and talk with Anna and Sarah about saying, Hey, is there something else out there that we can provide from the, from the very beginning, Aaron, I was all about doing things that help agents. And, yeah. and, and spending my time doing this. And if there's an area that I think, I mean, what, I mean to be truthful and the loyal listeners know this, I mean, grow pro with the grow um, uh, agents influence was just more about marketing, about marketing yeah. and stuff like that. And I realized no one was talking about agency intelligence, the actual stuff that's going on in the agency, the real deal numbers and being real there. So I created agency intelligence and it just seems like there needs to be something other than insurance, right? There needs to be something. Like an
1: emotion, like the emotional part of the agency, the, yeah. the,
0: the heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, the heartbeat the of it. Heartbeat of it. Um, yeah, the, yeah, it's tough. yeah, so it's good. So anyways, hey, I am going oh to, um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, let that kick around after I have a couple glasses. Of wine uh i'll probably <laughs> be on it so so aaron appreciate your time and we're going to talk All again right, i'll right. hit you up and thanks for coming on and uh letting the getting being real with us
1: Oh, Hey, it's always a pleasure. Anytime.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, Hey, you heard it here. We'll be back soon. And uh brain share is going to be coming up. If you don't know about it, I will tell you what brain share 2020, it will open up on February 1st. You're going to, um, uh, for registration, you're going to love where we're going. And I'm going to tell you, I'm inviting a hundred people. There's only going to be, it's going to be, everybody's going to be personally invited. Like they did last time. Uh, we did have about, 11 or 12 people sign up on the waiting list this time because I had sold out. I think we let six or seven of them in kind of have to be in you know, kind of got to go through a process, but it's going to be exciting. So once again, uh, be sure to hit me up at Jason at agency dot intelligence.com or Jason at grow com And tell me what you thought about this podcast. Uh, do you like it when we're real? Do you like it when we, when we spout uh, uh, the truth about what's going on out there? So once again, I did it today again for you. I brought a real agent inside a real agency, and we gave you the real agency intelligence and a little more, and not the other artificial intelligence that they teach you out there. And just like Agents Influence, I want you to tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. I'm out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it.